Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Andreas Ayesta, a registered dietitian who fell into dietetics by chance and is currently specializing in nutrition education for athletes and running his own private practice. I was graciously introduced to Andreas through Libby, a mutual dietitian friend, because of his very unique journey into the field of dietetics, as well as his insane hustle and work ethic. Andreas has a winding road to becoming a dietitian, but it has the most sincere passion for our profession. What I enjoy most is his videos where you can catch him delivering some great information on intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet on his website and Facebook page. Through his journey, he has had some amazing opportunities, but has also dedicated much of his life toward succeeding and helping others succeed by working a full-time job and running his own private practice. Please enjoy my candid conversation with Andreas. Chat about you. I'm interested a lot about you, um, just how you got into nutrition, but then also your current work. I, you know, I'm very curious about all the things that you do. So that's why I thought it would be great to have a conversation with you. But do it, I, let's do it. yeah, I'm really curious how you got started. How did you get interested in nutrition and kind of where you're at today? All right, so let's start from the beginning. So I'm originally from Venezuela. I actually grew up there my whole entire life up until I was closer to 18 years old. Um, and I came to the U.S. as kind of like a, a way to learn English. And I, I, I got kind of stuck in the middle of um, Indiana uh, in like the middle of the woods or like oh, the cornfields, I should say, uh, just to learn English. And, and I got really... Uh, really into like the culture here in the U.S. and everything. And long story short, I ended up going back to Venezuela. I wanted to be a doctor and I applied to medical school. And unfortunately, I was not able to get in. It was a very complicated uh, process and it was very um, uh, competitive. Uh, 10,000 people applied and only three people got in. I was in the 500. (laughs) So I was pretty close. Oh my gosh. I couldn't get to that point. Um, But there was a kind of like a way that you can still get into med school, which is actually through nutrition school. So back then, uh, when I started my, uh, the Central University of Venezuela in Caracas, which is in the capital, um, you could, the nutrition school or like the dietetic school was still part of the faculty of medicine or the school of medicine. So they told me, it's like, well, you can go into the school. You still have like a good enough score to get into nutrition. Um, and then you can just switch over into medicine school, into med school. And I'm like, okay, that sounds perfect. I'll do this for like one or two semesters and, um, and I'll jump right into it. But something interesting happens. And I, I, w- I went through a period of my life where, I didn't really know if that's what I wanted to do. And I realized that nutrition was actually my calling. And I went to, at that point, a therapist and a psychologist who told me, you know, like doctors are, you know, are not the only one wearing coats. You know, there's other people and there's other ways that you can help individuals in health. And that kind of clicked for me. And that's what started this, you know, 10 plus year journey um, and and nutrition and and what kind of led into uh, for me to be what I am. Um, 
I always want, I had a fascination for sports nutrition because I wanted to be a, uh, I wanted to be in sports medicine. And I realized that, wow, there's this thing called sports dietetics and sports nutritionist. And, uh, you know, I might as well jump into this. Um, and long story short, I actually came to the U.S. about three years after that. Um, or, or sorry, three semesters after that, um, I got a really great opportunity to, to complete a scholarship here in the U.S. up in Indiana. And, and that's where kind of like the whole story began as far as uh, my, my time here in the U.S. So that's, that's wow. kind of like, like, like the very beginning, like the foundation of my career. And did, did you know anything about the nutrition school when you were thinking about med school or you just discovered no. it while you're so <laughs> you had no clue? No clue. Like I didn't really like in high school, it's not like, oh, I want to go into like the nutrition route, like nothing. I had no, huh. it's not like I didn't have any interest. I just didn't really know anything about it. I didn't know sure. what it was about and, until I was actually in it and there and, and doing it. So huh. that was really interesting. <laughs> That is interesting. So you got a scholarship in Indiana. Was it for specifically for nutrition? So, no, it wasn't. Um, one of the things about Venezuela and, you know, if, it's that it's obviously a, it's a country that is going through a lot of issues. And at that time, there's a lot of people trying to migrate out and still is actually like a lot. And I was just in the right time for me to do it. And I applied to a bunch of schools and scholarships just to come here to school, just to, to uh, come and, and have the opportunity to finish my degree here. And I got a scholarship just for academics and submitting essays and, and just literally, you know, applying on my own. Actually, I didn't even tell my parents about this. I mean, I was just oh, wow. doing everything on my own. I, you know, it was like $800, which at the time was a lot of money. And I kind of like did it all my, by myself and, and I ended up getting accepted into the program. Um, but things got even worse in Venezuela and I actually couldn't accept the scholarships that were presented to me because I still had to pay money for it. Long story short, I went through a period of my life where um, things got really rough. Um, I wasn't really in a place where I was feeling too comfortable and, you know, like a big event happened. I had, I was in a really bad car accident and, something clicked in my life and I literally picked up the phone. I emailed the lady. This is literally three months before like school started in the U S like this is, I'm talking about end of June and I picked up the phone or I emailed her. I says like, am I still on time? Cause like, this was like six months before that I had to reply and say something to her. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, yes, you are. And literally, I'm not even kidding. Eh? Um, from two months I moved and packed up my things from the main city to my parents' house. I got my visa. I got everything set up and literally moved and came to the U.S. within like a two-month like notice. And my parents were like, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so I ended up getting a scholarship uh, with academics, and I ended up going to the University of Southern Indiana, which is up in the, um, it's in Evansville, Indiana, which is a, so one of the bigger cities of, of the state. And, um, yeah, and I spent the next, uh, you know, three to four years of my life there uh, getting my undergrad. So you kind of had like an aha moment with just a personal, you had your car accident and you were kind of like, what am I doing with my life? I just need to yeah. do this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I've always been applied to my, my, my academics and, you know, from since I was little, I, I've been an A student and, and not by because I wanted to, to prove anything, just simply because I always like feeling like, I, you know, I study hard and doing all these different things because I've always had huge aspirations and I wanted to, 
you know, I remember when I was a kid, I talked a lot about going to Harvard and kids like, you know, a lot of my friends actually made fun of me like throughout my entire high school because I've always had that kind of drive for it. And at the point when that happened, I was just not really feeling like I was getting to that point. And I felt that that path was not going to lead to that. And I had to do something different. And that's why I made that split decision. And, and things actually started to work out amazingly. I mean, everything literally fall into place, you know, for, for months on, you know, like the, I, I, I got the right, the visa right on time. I got really good opportunities there in Indiana. I got an amazing, amazing job opportunities, even though I was not allowed to work. I got actually special permissions to be able to do it and, and, you know, I had the chance to work at me, Johnson nutrition. I was a, as an undergraduate student, I was a product development associate. So I was actually working in the labs, making baby formulas as part of that bigger company and, and had the opportunity to, to really be mentored by amazing groups of individuals and PhDs who really believed in, and saw that, that aspiration and that passion that I had for nutrition. And they really wanted to see that flourish, you know, in my career. That is awesome. I mean, like, and I'm sure you were, that's a huge change for you to do all that in a small, compact time and then start a whole new life. And then, you know, try to navigate that whole, I'm sure school was different too than it was in Venezuela. Yeah, it was very different and um, some in some ways easier, some some ways like a little more like harder than, than anything else. But it was obviously a big culture shock. I had already been here in the U.S. for a year as an exchange student. Um, and this time, already, obviously, I was a little bit more um, into the culture and I kind of like understood a little bit better. Um, but it was definitely different. You know, it's it's it was not easy to leave my family and to make the sacrifices just, you know, for so I could pursue my career. And obviously, super thankful for them to to always be supportive of decisions to to do all these changes and to accomplish all of this. Yeah, you need their support. Otherwise, it wouldn't have probably yeah. worked, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. That's right. So undergrad sounds like it was full of great opportunities. That's pretty amazing to start working with Mead Johnson as an undergrad. Yeah, that was a... That was a good time. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work under, uh, he was uh, at the time one of my food science professors and he literally, we clicked, you know, he was from Dominican Republic. So, you know, we had similar backgrounds and he actually came here to the U.S. as an immigrant too. Um, and and he, he was a PhD, super smart guy. And he literally brought me in and said, you know, I want you to, there's an opportunity to, to work here and this big company and doing all these different things. And I mean, honestly, the kinds of, of, of research that we were doing there was fascinating. It was, you know, trying to understand different kinds of proteins and, 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 you know, in human milk and, and what kind of ways that we can mimic this and turn it into a formula. And so I work with like, mm. you know, insane, I mean, people that were like insanely smart and, yeah. and that got, got me super into this whole, I want, I didn't, I realized I didn't want to be a lab technician. I, re- I didn't really want to work in a lab. <laughs> sure. That actually opened my eyes to, to that aspect of things, but I learned an insane amount of experience doing that and even completing like research projects. I even formulated my own supplement when I was an undergrad. Did you um, really? Thanks to the, yeah, I, um, one of my honor, uh, projects, cause I was part of like the, the, the honor program at my undergrad was that I just need to come, I just need to come up with something, come up with something. And my mentor who was also happened to be my boss at me, Johnson, 
Um, he, uh, he supported the idea of me creating a sports nutrition supplement for endurance athletes. And, um, and I went through the whole entire process of product profiling and, you know, sensory, um, testing and you're know, combining different things. And I would actually put all my gear and everything. And I would do go into the tumblers and mix powders and doing all these different things. And I created my own, um, my own supplement that obviously it, I didn't really like sell or anything like that, but I just. <laughs> I just went through the process of creating a supplement um, and what it would look like. And, and that was a really rich experience and, and definitely something that taught me a lot. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't get, I mean, that's a once in a lifetime experience, I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, how neat. So did you do that throughout your whole undergrad then? Or you said a couple years of your undergrad? It was, um, I started planning it uh, when I was a junior in college. And then uh, my entire senior year was, uh, you know, as part of my job, I was just kind of dedicated to that. I had to write like a big, um, it was not a thesis, but it looked like a thesis. I mean, it was like as long as one <laughs> on, you know, whey, whey protein. And, you know, it was basically a whey protein supplement with carbohydrates. So it's meant to be for recovery and, and also to, to provide enough, you know, carbohydrate for energy for athletes. So um, I had to do a lot of research on to like whey protein and, and doing, you know, kind of like how to use it and all that kind of stuff and obviously write a big, big paper on it on top of presenting the product and at the end we had to do a full-blown presentation on it and everything so wow uh, yeah that was like a year-long process so oh it was God. really interesting did it taste good <laughs> <laughs> it did but then when we went through through sensory so a sensory testing is actually conducted in like a very dark room so um, people are not allowed to be able to see the powder um, or it's oh. usually like a color graded type of room where they cannot really distinguish that and they cannot smell so hmm. essentially they go through the process and then they give them um, different cards where you have to like um, write down specific like flavor profiles this is an expert panel technically supposed to be this was just my professors and my bosses they're uh -huh. not expert panels in sensory but at least they kind of taught me how this would go sure. in there and obviously they had their 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 um kind of opinions of it it wasn't the greatest tasting product but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't awful you probably have had worse <laughs> yeah i think i ended up like using it on my own for like just like the, the little product that i made so yeah it wasn't well, bad. you like you created it so yeah for sure so yeah. undergrad sounds like it was a great experience you kind of learned a lot and you really still felt connected to the nutrition profession during that time yeah mm -hmm. and, and that is a, a big thing too because i mean i was at the time i was i did a few things during my undergrad because i tried to uh get involved as much as i could um one of the things that my um dr mccullough she was my uh my advisor amazing person and w this is the other part that i actually forgot to mention when i got to usi to university of southern indiana um, they didn't really tell me what a dietetics program was. Like they didn't, I didn't know that I had to be in a DPG program, like the, or oh. not a DPG. I was it called like the, the Di um, didactic. Is yeah, it like didactic program? Yeah, yeah, didactic program dietetics DPD. That's what it is. Um, I didn't know I was supposed to be in a school that I had that in order for me to qualify for an internship and all these different things. And I got to University of Southern Indiana and she's like, no, we're not, we're not certified yet. We're in the process of doing that. And we're hoping and crossing our fingers that this, that we get approved so we can actually offer this. And I'm like, oh, wow. No. <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, I'm really hoping that this turns out that that works out. It did. I mean, they got approved that, that you know, I think a year before I graduated. 
Oh, um, thank goodness. Which was, yes, yeah, so which it was perfect because, again, I completed all my DPD requirements and everything. Um, but one of the things that she always told me throughout the process is that you have to get experience so you have a very competitive resume so you can show um, for like the matching process when you go through your, you know, dietetic um, you know, die cast and all that kinds of stuff. So I tried to literally reach out to as many people as I could to be involved. So I became the president of the food nutrition student organization at the university. Um, and at the same time, I, I literally worked in a restaurant. So I had like that food serving experience. Um, I worked at Applebee's for like a year before I actually went to meet Johnson. And then, um, I also worked in like a hospital, like St. Mary's. So I tried to to be as involved as possible. And at the same time, trying to be exposed to different kinds of nutrition experiences to figure out what is it that I wanted to do. Unluckily for me, though, during that time, I was never able to get into the sports nutrition like uh, during my undergrad, which is surprising. I just uh, my school didn't really have a very strong athletics program. They didn't really have a football team. So I couldn't really get too much into that. Um, but that came later on when I went to uh, to, to get my diet, my, my internship, that's when I kind of started that process. Did you, so when you're looking for internships, since you did have all those great experiences and you wanted to fill in that gap, is that how you kind of chose your internship? Yeah, so that process was, as I'm sure you've heard from tons of dietitians, very stressful. <laughs> yes. Um, but I did, uh, what is it that I do? So I started the whole application process and, and I realized that uh, after doing a lot of my research that I was not going to be that kind of person that put in 20 different options uh, in there. Number one, it was expensive. And number two, I was like, I don't want to just put options out there that I get matched that I don't really want to go to. So I had the opportunity to visit a couple of them in St. Louis and I went to university of Houston, um, which is actually where I ended up doing my internship. And, and the reason why I liked Houston is because they allow you to to make your own internship. And at the time, that for me was great because I could literally sit down with Dr. Bodhi, which was my advisor at that time, and I can literally tell her, hey, um, I want to get really good experience in sports nutrition. And she would set up my internship to, to be able to do that. Exactly. And that's exactly what she did. Um, so that's why I decided to apply for that. And that was my first choice. And, and thank to God, that was actually where I got matched. That's great. So you did you focus primarily on sports nutrition then? Um, it was like the so when I was in Houston, there were different um, like lengths of time that you had to dedicate to specific things. So the University of Houston Dietetic Internship is an expedited program. So you're you're doing more hours and you don't really get any vacation in the, in the process. It's not like a school, like, like an ac academic year, like a lot of these internships are. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, you had to complete a certain amount of time. You had to have so many, so many hours of clinical and everything. But your electives, you can if you want to put all of them towards sports nutrition. So that's exactly what I did and ended up um, working with the University of Houston Athletics Department um, under Tara Benning, which she's now the Houston Rockets dietitian. Um, and uh, and that's kind of like what kind of got me started on the whole sports nutrition route. And four weeks in, in that specific internship was a long time compared to other rotations that I did. So I would say that I was probably, that was probably my focus, but I still spent, you know, a good three to four months on um, my clinical rotations as well. So that, how exciting was that work? Were you just, were you at the university and you're like, this is what I want to do. This is sports nutrition is my jam. I love this. 
Yes, um, I, it has its ups and downs. Like honestly, it was it was very like not shocking, but it was a lot of work. Uh, mainly because when I got there, um, it was uh, during uh, football season or like the preseason, which is football camp. And any sports dietitian uh, listening to this will probably know that you know that is really the trend of sports nutrition. You know, through that process because this is when the football players come in for for camp and they're training twice a day and you had to feed them like breakfast and you had to be there for like their last meal which is at eight or nine o'clock so you're spending closer to 14 to 15 hours daily um working with these guys so it was definitely like wow like this is a lot of work i was super excited about it no doubt but you know it was definitely um, eye-opening us to what it really took to 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 apply sports nutrition into that the specific application. I realized one thing though, and I realized that collegiate uh, athletics was not really what kind of got me too excited. So I wanted after I finished that, I was like, okay, I got this done. I realized that I love doing the whole sports nutrition aspect of things, but I don't think maybe college is the right niche for me. So I want to continue to explore. And obviously I continue my internship and, and there's more job opportunities that came along that, you know, we can talk about more of how I shaped my, my career as a sports dietitian. Yeah. So how long was your internship? I'm just always curious. Um, I think it was like, so I started in June, end of June or beginning of July and I lasted until February of the, the year after. So it okay. was technically closer to seven to eight months. So pretty um, fast. It was a pretty fast one. Yeah, it was a fast track one. Um, I did get the chance to work in some really cool, um, like the Texas Medical Center. And one of the, like, the most notable experiences, I think, that almost got me to, to realize that maybe I wanted to do clinical, actually, was um, when I worked in Bentop Hospital, which is a big county hospital where you get to see some of the craziest things like out there. And why I liked about it, what I like about so much of, um, of Bentop and that specific rotation that I did is like dietitians mattered so much in that place. And the main reason for it is because it was a teaching hospital and literally, and I'm not saying that they don't in all the kinds of settings, but you know, in, in all their clinic, clinical settings, sometimes like, you know, like the, the dietitian doctor relationship, it depends on the culture of the hospital. It's not always the greatest or not always what we want it to be. But this place, when the moment that I got there, first of all, very young dietitians and these doctors and residents, like literally they, they looked at dietitians like they were the doctors because, you know, you have to go through TPNs and tube feedings and things like that. And like the dietitians would be the ones to call for those kinds of things. And like they would not listen to anybody else but that. Um, so that got me excited about it. And I said, well, if I'm going to go into the clinical route, I'd like to become an ICU dietitian or um, a trauma dietitian that, you know, to work in those kinds of hospitals because this is super fast paced and, and really exciting environment. Of course, I didn't really do that, but, you know, it's, it's definitely something that really got me excited um, about that specific aspect of, of dietetics. It was your backup plan, right? <laughs> yes, it was my backup plan for sure. <laughs> but that is true. I agree with you. Like there, that place in the hospital, that specific entity makes dietitians very important. So that is a nice thing to feel when you're, when you're a student. Yes, absolutely. It was really good to see. So we got done with it. You pat, you passed your test. You got done with your internship. So what, what did you start out doing and how did you end up kind of owning your own business? 
Great. Okay. So um, this was, again, one of those, again, crazy stories of how this happened. But I, I was in Houston at the time. So I finished my internship. I was studying for my, uh, my RD exam. Um, and I became part of like the Collegiate and Sports Dietetic Association, which is long for CPSDA, which is one of the biggest, not the biggest, but it's a, it's a good organization that kind of houses a lot of sports dietitians in the U.S., um, and there was a listserv that I was just always looking and, and checking out and seeing all like the information that we're posting. And I literally one time put out an email saying like, hi, my name is Andres. I am a uh, registered, I, I'm going to be an RD, uh, or I was just like a RDTB, like I'm, I'm going to be uh, taking my exam and my test like in the next you know, couple months or so like that. Here's my resume. I'm super interested in sports nutrition. Would love to have um, any opportunity to work for any of you guys or something like that. This is like a public forum, like a public listserv. And I got a reply from, well, the one that became my boss later on, which uh, was Stephanie Wilson. She's the head of nutrition for the uh, um, Toronto Blue Jays now in MLB. But she said, well, we actually may have some opportunities here at IMG Academy, uh, which is a big sports performance facility in Florida. Um, and would you be interested in applying? And I'll say, okay, perfect. Yeah, let's do it. And I did. And, you know, a couple months after, or not even like maybe like three weeks after she called me, I had to interview. Um, the call was super late. I actually had to interview because I had to go to like a bar for a birthday. I literally interviewed for this position in the back of a parking lot. <laughs> in like like an interstate in Houston, like don't tell me how I did that, but I literally had an hour interview in like sitting behind a car and like like really covering my phone every time like cars would go by and like people like drunk people come out yelling. So <laughs> that was like my experience, like you know, with like that that interview. But believe it or not, things work out the way they're supposed to. And I got a call to to offer me the job, and they said. Here's, here's the cash though, you know, you, you're not an RD yet, so your pay is going to be significantly different if you don't take your RD exam or if you come here uh, without having taken the RD exam. Um, so this is literally, they told me that two weeks before I was supposed to start and I had not taken my test and I was not really planning to do it that quick. Well, long story short, I took the test within, literally I took it on a Wednesday and on a Saturday, I was actually packing all my bags and heading over to Florida. From from Houston. Oh my gosh, you do was, things. You do things that you could. You're good under pressure. I can tell. I, I am. I am good. Well, it's it's like what I was telling you about, like my clinical experience. Like I like the clinical setting because it was very fast paced. Yeah. And, you know, for this, it was the same way. Like I had to literally like resume all my studying. Like I was. I I'm. I'm. I hate to admit this, but you know, I'm a big procrastinator in some things. <laughs> and, you know, my studying was not to the point that I, what I wanted to be, but I'm like, you know what, I need to do this. And I, you know, studied day and night. Uh, I got everything done. I went and took the test. I came out, they gave me a little printout results. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> and, you know, and literally I drove uh, 17 hours from Houston, Texas to Bradenton, Florida. And that's where I started my, uh, my nutrition coaching as a sports dietitian. And that's where I started gaining a lot of that experience. Um, I work with professional athletes, NFL, like it was an amazing opportunity working with, you know, from people from all over the places, uh, you know, tennis athletes. And, and after that, uh, I realized why well, I wanted to still get my master's. So, you know, if, uh, fast forward a little bit to tell you how I started my business, but 
after I finished this whole process, here's a problem that I started to encounter is that my immigration status was starting to lapse because I was not already in school and they gave me a year to, to work in the U.S., you know, legally. And that year was almost up and I was freaking out. And that was a point in my life where where I actually started to think that I may have to go back home and not continue to pursue what I've always dreamed of pursuing. And things that back at home were not good at all. Like they were worse. So I was like, I don't want to do this. So I started looking into other countries to move to. Um, and I ended up getting an internship as part of ING through Gatorade. They gave me an amazing opportunity. This was a very groundbreaking, um, you know, new opportunity that Gatorade was sponsoring six sites nationwide to sponsor six students to become sports dietitians. So it was called the Gatorade Sports Immersion Pro Sports Nutrition Immersion Program. All day, it's a it's a long for SNP. And I got accepted to that. I applied, and it was actually the same site that I was already working at, which was IMG Academy. That granted me the opportunity to also um, extend my work authorization and to be here for a little bit longer, um, which ended up working out perfectly, you know, and, and, and after yeah. that and doing this thing at the same time. I had to get my master's degree. So again, this is like super, this is like a big loop on how this whole entire thing happened. But there was a point in my life where I was working in Bradenton, Florida. I was doing the internship at IMG at the same time as working there. And I had to complete my master's so I can, uh, I could keep my, my immigration status. And my master's was in UCF in Orlando, which was two and a half hours away. So on Mondays, I would go to work at IMG. At two o'clock, I would request, per I requested permission to, to leave. So I would drive two and a half hours to go to class in Orlando. I would crash in my friend's couch that he was living in Orlando at a time, wake up on Tuesday, spend the entire day in the library, making sure I got all my schoolwork because I had a class at six o'clock that Tuesday night. And then around 10 o'clock when that class ended at nighttime, I would drive back to Bradenton two and a half hours, get there around midnight, work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, since I actually had to make up a day and repeat it all over again. And I did that for an entire semester. Um, so oh, yeah, that was, wow. That was like pretty stressful <laughs> times for me. Yeah, that sounds very, but I, I, you know, do you have that feeling of you can do anything hard for a short period of time? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore when it comes down to like my work and my vision and my aspirations and, and I could actually do it for longer, but obviously that took a toll on me at some point and, and yeah. you know, it was, I, it was just enough time. It was just a semester before I actually finished my internship. And that's when I moved to, to Orlando to actually just dedicate myself full time to my master's degree. Um, and oh. that's when my business started. Um, which was 2014, uh, I guess it would be 2015. It's been three years since I founded Viva Nutrition. So yeah, so I guess I can tell you a little bit about how that, that whole process got started. Yes, please do. So Viva Nutrition was uh, an initiative that just literally came out of the nowhere, you know, and lots of lessons learned in the process. But my friends um, from Venezuela, they, they were starting a venture to opening up a CrossFit gym in Orlando. And I became really good friends with them. And they said, we would like to actually offer a nutrition component to our members. And this is a really good opportunity to you to actually have accessibility to, you know, 50 to 100 members and sell them your services. 
So why don't you start that? And I'm like, sure, like, let's do this. At this point, I have no knowledge or no, ex- I mean, nothing on, on business or how to start a business. I didn't even look up how to do it. Like, literally, they gave me some some direction on how to establish an LLC or a corporation. And like, this is what you got to pay. This is what you got to do. I realized that I was able to do it, you know, still being a student and on, on my student immigration status. And that's exactly what I did. Now, nobody told me first off that those 50, hundred members that they were telling me that, yeah, you're going to have access to that, that they were, I mean, not all of them are going to buy your product. In fact, the only two or three actually did at the beginning. So, so mm-hmm. then at that point, I'm like, holy crap, like, what, what do I do now? Like, I'm, I didn't know anything about establishing this. Like, what do I need to do? Like, how do I capture clients? How do I do this? So, I mean, I ended up starting my business in 2015, but it was so challenging because I was really struggling, you know, I, you know, financially, because one, I didn't really have money to invest. And I was just literally like, I didn't really have a job because I couldn't really do much work outside of like school because of my immigration status and that really had a huge limitation on me um so so it it really was like the first like year and a half or so was really tough um it got to a point where i after i was done i had to get a part-time job because i just i wasn't doing things right and i'm saying that i wasn't doing things right it's just i just didn't know how to you know so it was, it was difficult, but you know, that's, that's kind of like the beginning of, of EV Nutrition, which is what I still run right now. And I still found it, you know, from that point, point on. Is that, and so like when you think about, I think about your situation, you know, like a lot of us dietetic students and, and nutrition professionals don't really get that education on business. So like you having to navigate that by yourself, like how difficult is that to really figure out all the ins and outs? Um, there's definitely a lot of ups and downs and, and, and really, I mean, I'm really thankful that the, the era that we're living on right now, because I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for you to learn without having to go to school. In fact, I, when it comes down to business, I think a lot of a huge majority of like either dietitians in business or other business people that are starting their own businesses don't have that kind of education because they have the accessibility to, to, to that education sometimes for free online. So, and that's exactly what I did. It was a lot of trial and error. Um, it was a lot of YouTubing and, and a lot of, uh, you know, reading people's stories and how they got started and, and trying things out here and there. And honestly, and it's, yeah, it's been, you know, up to this point, I'm still learning how to create really good offers for my clients and how to position myself uh, within, you know, my specific niche and, and, and really understanding how to develop a business. And, you know, for dietitians that are starting is definitely it's is a challenge but i feel that if, if we can obviously get them to start early and say like hey like learn about this learn what are some of the things of social media marketing and, and all these different areas i feel like obviously there's going to be a better place for for us moving forward you know and and Absolutely. those are the things that i i literally struggle with but i as a as a business owner i became really good at there's a few things that actually that i'm so thankful for this process because um, I got super into a couple of things. Number one, I realized that I'm a huge hobby of mine is video production and video editing. So now I invest a lot of my money when it's not in my business or in my personal life. I invest money on um, uh, video production equipment, which is extremely expensive. It's a very expensive yeah. hobby to have. <laughs> 
Um, but, but I did, I realized that I love that. I realized that I'm really good at graphic design. I even, I just do it on my own. Um, so I learned many different things. So I'm extremely thankful for all like the, 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 the hard times that I went through because I became very, I guess the word I could use for that is very versatile. Somebody called me that the other day and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's a good one. I am. Yeah. (laughs) Do you make your I've seen your graphics on Instagram. Are you making all of those right now? No, I realized that I had to I had to hire somebody so I can uh, so I can dedicate some more time. But no, I, at some point I did. But uh, for example, I the, yeah. the ebook that I published on intermittent fasting, I actually like literally uh, um, I wrote it myself and I uh, designed it myself because the designer that I I current that I have right now for my Instagram was charging me a little bit too much for it. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll do this. So, <laughs> so I did, and it turned out pretty well, you know. So yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. But I, I so learned to, me- to outsource some things. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think you have to, like you said, you have to give time to your clients. That's first and foremost, and then all your other stuff. Well, if you have time, you can do it. Absolutely. So tell me, so your business is this your full time gig right now, or do you still work full? Do you work another job or? Yeah. So, um, when I was in Orlando, um, at some point I was working actually, when I had to get a part-time job, I had, I got a job as a dietitian for the wellness center at UCF and their athletic, no, their athletics, kind of like their wellness center, like their fitness, uh, uh-huh. community that they had over there. So at that point I was actually running my practice in that CrossFit gym part-time and I was actually part, uh, part-time at UCF. Um, until I got a call from my former boss and she told me about, um, this opportunity in Tampa. Um, so this was, uh, up and coming, uh, performance facility and research facility called Aspie. So I'm like, oh, what is Aspie? Um, I looked it up. So it's the Applied Science and Performance Institute and they needed somebody to run their NFL combine program. So an NFL combine program is essentially a short eight to 12 week um, training uh, kind of package in which uh, NFL prospects or like guys coming off of college are actually training so they can showcase their abilities, their athletic abilities, either at the Indianapolis NFL combine, which happens every year in February or in something called their pro day, which is in March and everywhere, all the kids go to their schools and their scouts from NFL teams that come and see them. So mm-hmm. usually those NFL combine programs where I had really good experience at it when I was at IMG, um, they happen around January and ASPE at that time was looking for a dietitian that can manage you know, all the nutritional logistics for that specific period of time. So they call me up and I talked to Sam, which is actually my, my current boss. And he said, you know, we have this coming up. We have about 30 athletes. We need to, we need, we need somebody to handle, you know, and literally he called me like, literally I, I already had the job. Like, yeah, you, you're going to start this. And you know, you know, kind of like those business guys, like business minds that are really like, they're, they're really yes. good with their words. And I'm like, yeah, you're starting tomorrow, blah, 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 all these different things. So that was another really, like, this was like January 1st, like New Year's day. And he calls me and he says, and gives me the opportunity. And one of the things that I realized uh, on about me and my career and, and my profession is like a lot of the decisions I've made in my life have been very quick, uh, have been like, you know, if somebody points a gun to your head, like, what would you say at that moment? And that's exactly how I made those decisions. And whenever I don't make a quick decision, that's when I say no. And in that moment, when I had that conversation, I immediately say yes. It's like, yes, no doubt, like without even thinking about it. 
So that was like kind of like that gut feeling that said, you know, this is a good, you know, opportunity to take. So that started a whole different thing because now I was managing my business. And then during this combine program, I was driving to Tampa from Orlando, which is an hour and a half daily. So Monday through wow. Thursday, not Friday, but Monday through Thursday for four, for three months, again, shorter period of time, but I was driving and commuting daily. Um, so I can still manage and do this and this entire thing. So long story short, I am currently the sports physician here at the Life Science and Performance Institute. And at the same time, I run my practice. And, and what I have done is I actually converted my practice to more on, online coaching and online and an online setting as opposed to, you know, presential practice. Um, I still see clients here in Tampa uh, and some in Orlando, but I'm trying to to transition it over to an online environment so number one i can reach more people and number two so i can still manage to do both and the reason why i have my full-time job is because i truly believe in the vision and of what they're building here this is a massive research facility but then they're trying to really change people's lives and and they have a huge amount of ideas on what they want to develop and, and they're developing a, a medical facility associated with it. And of course I get to work with my athletes uh, from MLB to NFL athletes. So I get everything into one and they still let me run my practice because they, they're one that's one of the things. And from the very beginning, that was very clear. I was like, I have a nutrition business. Um, it's a nutrition coaching platform and that's not something I'm going to give up. And that's my only condition. Um, and they said, perfect. In fact, we are, we're a new startup and we want to help you grow as well. And they have, so um, it worked out well. And that's exactly what I, what I dedicate myself uh, on a daily basis. My, my days are long. I, I wake up very early, probably, I bet. Yeah, probably earlier than a lot of people. <laughs> I wake up every morning at 4am in the morning. Um, so I can, I can dedicate wow. time for, for everything. And like I said, I, I have, I have a very, huge aspiration and, and a huge drive for, for the things that I want to accomplish and only to help other people, but at the same time to, to get to a point where, where, you know, I, I, I achieve a level that I, I feel, you know, happy about it. Not that I'm not right now, but you know, I, I have just this large vision that I want to accomplish as a dietitian and as a professional and as a person. So, so that's what my day to day looks like right now. Wow. Well, and I think I saw a post that you do get up early because you like to spend some quiet time and you like to kind of focus and kind of get your mindset ready to go. And do you exercise? Yeah. Do you exercise in the morning too before you start your day? Um, I used to. Used I used to. to. Okay. Like my fitness journey started in, in IMG Academy, and and I used to work work out every morning at around five or six with uh, one of my my buddies who's a strength and conditioning coach. Um, um, but now I, I change that routine a little bit. So now my times in the morning are dedicated to number one, drink my coffee, number two, journal. So I always, every morning I write things down on, I have my little journal and like write my thoughts. Um, sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative, but it's a way for me to unload um, and to really get everything on paper. And I meditate, not daily, but I meditate at least three to four times a week. Uh, for 10 minutes, something quick, something guided or sometimes it's just for me to sit there and breathe. And then um, I read. I read uh, books on entrepreneurship, business. Sometimes they're just like personal help or self-help books or sometimes they're just um, fiction or just fun books to read. And I read about 10 to 20 pages every morning. That's kind of like my my routine. And then after that, I, I start off with usually my business. 
so whether it's creating content for my page or writing blog articles or shooting videos, like literally I, we live in a complex, uh, in a, in an apartment complex and they have a conference room and I'm probably the only guy shooting <laughs> videos at like five thirty in the morning. <laughs> and when people drive by, they're probably like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> He's too awake. So, yeah. Yeah. And then are you living in Tampa then? So are you still commuting or are you located where your job is? No, thank God I'm not. Okay, I, uh, <laughs> so when, when, yeah, when my lease expired in, uh, in, in Orlando back in the, last September, uh, me and my, at the time she was my girlfriend, now she's my fiance. Uh, she, we decided to, to take the leap and move to, to Tampa. We've been here for closer to a year in September. It's going to be a year since we moved here. We loved it. I, you know, I grew up in a place like this by the water. Like literally my office, I have a window and I can see like the ocean from oh, here. So I definitely great. cannot be beat. <laughs> so, so it's, it's definitely nice. And, and we've been settled here and, and we're trying to figure out if this is obviously going to be our kind of like our port and our, we're going to start our foundation um, or not, but we're, we're happy where we're at right now. That's great. And it sounds like you really are having you're really enjoying all the different aspects of sports nutrition that you get to experience. When you think about your business, uh, is that growing how you want it to grow? Um, one of the things as an entrepreneur and as a business owner has been definitely, uh, it, it really coming to accept the fact that some days are sometimes you're not going to be in a place where you want to be. And you see in a social media world, these people like, you know, doing all this, like, you know, strides towards, you know, improving their business. And there's like a million online coaches right now and, and business coaches. And, and sometimes it makes you think, you know, maybe I'm like not even close to where I want to be, but I have come to the realization that I, I am okay. And, you know, for me, I, I was just watching a video the other day that says everybody is on their own race in time you know when you sometimes i really start to think like well i'm i'm, I'm actually turning 30 this year like and i don't know if i'm, I'm where I'm, i want to be um but then i realized that you know there's people that have different timings and you know i'm right on time on what i want to accomplish i'm moving and taking strides towards that i i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing at least in my in, in my perspective and i've been growing yes i have been growing you know my my instagram follow has you know not massively grown but it's definitely when you know grew always like almost ten thousand people in the past year or so mm -hmm. so it's definitely been, I, I, I had to tap myself on the back and say, yes, you, you, you're doing good. You're, you're taking the proper strides and, and you're growing your business financially. And also, um, as you know, as a business itself. So I think I'm in a good place. Um, definitely lots of work to be done, but, um, but at one day at a time. Well, and I feel like everything for you kind of does fall into place and kind of happens for a reason. So I feel like you, as long as you're confident yeah. in your path, you're good to go. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I, God has a plan. I'm, um, my faith is, is, it's not super huge, but I do think that, that for me, that that's, that's something important. And, and I try to remind myself of that every day that, you know, there's, there's a plan out there and, and I'm supposed to be part of it. And there's a path that, that it's being paid for me. And, and I'm just going to make sure I follow it and remind myself that that's there. Um, and sometimes when I feel down, which happens, I was just reading a post from a social media influencer the other day. And she literally 
listed, these have been my emotions this past week. And she listed like 20 things. Like I cried. I, um, I woke up super happy. I'm super enjoy, uh, uh, jumping of joy. My business is growing so fast. And then on other days you're feeling like crap. And, and that's, that's kind of like what I go through sometimes on a weekly basis. But I realized that that's just part of the whole process. Mm-hmm. And you learn to, to, to accept that. So what does the future look like for you? What do you, what's, you said you have, I know you're a very goal oriented person. So what is the ultimate goal for you? My ultimate goal, and I guess like my why is it's always been to, first off, I I went through periods of my life with my family when I was growing up where we didn't really have much. Um, And I, one of the things I told myself is I would never and 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 my family has been amazing to me and and every i owe everything to them but you know i don't ever want to to go through something like that again and that's kind of like what gets me up uh, gets me up in the morning and drives me to do the things that i do so i want to reach a state of of freedom in which i can uh, you know whatever that may look like whether that's you know like a massive business or or simply me coaching clients all around the world um, and, and being able to, to feel joy and, and to enjoy my life and, and, and my time with my family, with my fiance, with, you know, when we have kids um, and, and have that freedom financially and, and emotionally to, to, do, to do whatever I want. You know, I don't want to, to continue to be on a hamster wheel in which I feel like work is, is a duty, sure. but rather I get to do this. Um, and, and I think I'm, it's not, I'm not going to say like I'm there, but you know, I'm, I'm learning to, to, to realize that, you know what, I'm, I'm doing what I love and I'm growing something too. I'm building uh, my own, I call it my little empire. Like, uh, and <laughs> yes. yeah, and I'm, and we're all building our own little empires or, you know, everybody is, yes. you know, you with your podcast, me with my online coaching platform and also here being part of, of, of Aspie. And, and honestly, the future for me looks like, like one in which I can have the freedom to say that, um, I can, I can do whatever I want and and not having to feel restrained. That's great. And that's, you know what, at the end of the day, if you can say that and that's what you're headed towards, that's so important because that's all you need is those goals. So great. I do have to ask, how did you get into, you know, keto and intermittent fasting? Like how did your interest start with that? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So um, when I was in getting my master's, I started reading a lot about fasting and I, I wanted to do a my my thesis for my master's degree was actually intermittent fasting and um, performance and whether or not uh, fasting would affect people, for example, like Ramadan and Muslims um, and whether or not they would actually have a disadvantage. And I ended up writing the paper and realized that there's a lot of benefits in there. And I, that got me super interested in it. And then I started writing a lot about it. I implemented it myself and, and through a, almost a year. Every time I'm trying something new, whether it's keto or fasting, I always tell myself I need to, I'm going to commit to this regardless, regardless whether it works or not for six months to 12 months. And, and that is a rule for me because I try to be, uh, I try to, to, to turn it into a lifestyle. So, and I did that. I did intermittent fasting for an entire year and I loved the, the feeling of it. And I understood a lot of like the, the, the benefits that it had. And now I, I kind of, I don't preach it and say like, this is what you got to do, but I teach people about it. I teach people how to follow it, how to, you know, whether it's not, whether or not is the right approach for them. Um, 
And then the whole entire uh, intermittent fasting research, I ran also into keto and ketogenic diets. And in the place where I work at right now, uh, Dr. Ryan Lowry and Dr. Jacob Wilson are huge uh, keto advocates and they do a lot of research in this area. And obviously they introduced me to it and they have, we have different channels and marketing channels that are um, basically work directly with ketogenic diets. And it got me into researching even more about it and understood a lot of the benefits that can come along with them. Um, and I started coaching the whole process of ketogenic and, and, you know, I spent the past probably like year and a half or two years, you know, really focused on intermittent fasting and ketogenic diets, uh, you know, uh, on top of obviously sports nutrition and really got me into, to understanding a lot of like some, it's, is there definitely areas of nutrition that are, um, they're kind of gray in a, in a certain sense, because obviously it's going against the grain of what we've been always been taught. Um, you know, from the fasting perspective, we've always been taught in schools, we had to eat every two to three hours. Um, and of course, you know, mm -hmm. we had to keep it low fat. Um, that's kind of like the, the healthy approach to eating. And of course, these two approaches are complete opposites. Um, yeah. <laughs> so definitely it was something different. And, you know, it, but I was open to it. And one of the things that I think makes me different or makes me unique as a dietitian is that I always follow a neutral approach. I'm not, uh, I'm not a fanatic. I'm not uh, a cult follower. I'm not a person that if I follow keto, like is what I preach and is what I like to push. You know, everybody has a different approach to health and what works for you may not work for me. And that's exactly what I tell my clients and what I tell people that, that come through the door. So um, I am, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I'm definitely, uh, well-versed in these two kinds of approaches. And I teach not only dietitians, but at the same time, um, people on, on a little bit more about it. So they, they understand it and they learn it, uh, instead of just Googling it and just trying to do it on their yeah. own, you know? So I think that's the biggest yeah. mistake that a lot of people are starting to make right now. Well, you're my go-to for when clients ask me about intermittent fasting because your ebook is great and it helped me. Yeah, it helped me give give them a a good resource and myself a good resource, and I think other professionals to help teach it for people that want it. Like you said, mm -hmm. we have to meet them where they're at on their wellness yeah. journey. So. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it so <laughs> no much. Problem. I wanted to write it like I wanted to write something that was like um, it, it was dummy proof. It was simple. It was not super technical and sciencey. You know, so people kind of like had a really good understanding on the historical background and how they got the, how the whole thing got started and the different type of approaches and and literally and one of those that, that project, funny enough, is is one of those things that I put out for like an entire year. But then when I really got my hands into it, that's when I kind of started working with Libby. Um, she, she was my business coach for a, little, oh. for a couple. Yeah, she, she was amazing. But, um, Libby Rothschild was my business coach for a little while. And she, she literally got me to a point where like, okay, like, let's get some things done, you know? And like, what do you want to do? I was like, I need to finish this intermittent fasting guide. Like, okay, let's set up, let's set up, set it up as a goal. And I literally did that entire guide you saw in two weeks. I wrote it. And I edited and I did everything in two weeks and I had that thing ready and, and, and ready to go, you know? So it, that just speaks of, of me of, you know, I can get things done very rapidly, um, under pressure, but whenever I give myself yeah. way too long, and this is funny because when I talk to her, she tells me she's completely different. She's more like, you know, if I had something to do like four months down the road, I'm already preparing today, you know? So oh, like, I, my, my mind doesn't really work that way too much.
I'm more like a pressure type of guy. But yeah, that created the guide for, for people like you or, or somebody that's just trying to understand a little bit more of, of intermittent fasting. That's perfect. Well, I appreciate you doing that. And I'm, I think you will be my go to for keto as well, because it is very, both of them are very hot topics right now. So if I ever have any questions or any dietitians listening, I think that you would be a great resource for that. I appreciate it. Yes, definitely reach out to me if there's any questions. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story. It's so interesting. And I knew there was a great story behind you. So I'm so glad you shared that with us. No problem. It's definitely, definitely happy to share it and hopefully would serve as either inspiration or, or what not to do for, for some of your, <laughs> for some of your listeners out there uh, on their path to become an RD or that already are. Well, and I think it'd be great for us, you know, to catch up in the future again, too, because I feel like you're one of those people that is going to just keep changing and evolving from year to year. So it'll be fun to watch your journey. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Same thing for you. You know, I, I definitely like to see what other dietitians are doing and definitely happy to connect with them and on a, on a deeper level and, and not just, you know, like, oh, hey, how you doing? You're a dietitian. I'm a dietitian. I'm cool. Like here. <laughs> here's yeah. Hey, here's, hi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I do have some fun questions for you. I always end my show with my fun questions. Hopefully they're not as hard as the other questions, but share with me, share with me some of your favorite foods that you enjoy. Okay. Um, Pizza has been my top one since I was uh, like, I think since I was a kid. Um, In fact, when I was in college and in my master's, I would eat an entire pizza on Friday nights. That was my go-to tradition. Yeah, <laughs> talk about portion <laughs> control. Um, so that's the main food that I really, truly enjoy. Dark chocolate is the second one. And if you talk about specific restaurants here in Tampa, there's a play, place called Fresh Kitchen, which is absolutely delightful. It's like this whole place where they sell, like, it's like a, it's like a Chipotle, but it's just, it's just amazing. It's hard to describe. So if you ever come to Tampa or like the Florida area, um, you have to come to Fresh Kitchen. It's amazing. Okay, I will. Do you have, besides coffee, do you have a bev- favorite beverages that you enjoy? Um, not particularly. Uh, maybe I'm, I have a huge kick for like, I'm not, I've never been a big soda guy, but I like soda. And so I try to, uh, to buy obviously the best one. So um, there's a brand called Stevia, which is like a, a Stevia or Stevia sweetened soda that they sell yes. at Whole Foods. And I, I love that stuff. So um, <laughs> I try to get by it every other week or something like, you know, I just, you know, try to include it every so often. But yes, that probably be the main one. Coffee and Zevia. That's your chief yes. faves. <laughs> yes. Do you have a favorite color or favorite colors? I would say probably blue um, and my company colors. I don't know why I feel attracted to them. Uh, blue has just been my, my favorite color since I was a kid. And black and, gr- and, and like that olive green. I just feel mm-hmm. like it represents who I am and represents me. So those are like when I see those colors, I just kind of like think immediately of like, that's not only my business, but it's my, my, my personality as well. Very cool. Do you have a sense that you enjoy or certain smells? <laughs> I, I read that question when you sent this to me, but I, <laughs> I couldn't think of any. Like, I guess, like, you know, if there's anything you probably pizza? like pizza. <laughs> I can smell pizza <laughs> or coffee. Yeah. Um, coffee definitely, yeah, coffee definitely would be a, another big one, too. I think maybe those two ones. There's nothing like the smell of freshly brewed coffee. I think it's no. delicious. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> And what brings you joy in life? Um, I think 
knowing that just being, I think learning to be present and, and really finding those moments either with my loved ones or, or with myself where, where I can stop and, and literally just take a deep breath and, and take it all in, you know, and, and I've learned through meditation and different kinds of practices because I've been a very, I've known for just being a very antsy person since I was a kid. And, and ever since I discovered meditation and doing all these different things, I realized that my most joyful moments are the ones that I spend being present with the people I love doing the things I like. I think that's probably be the best answer to that question. That is a beautiful answer that like gave me just like the chills. That's a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andreas, thank you so much for sharing your story. And like I said, we will have a catch up podcast in the next year or so and see what you're up to. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Definitely. I was super excited to be part of this and I, I definitely appreciate you having me. I am so grateful to have had this conversation with Andreas. He inspires me to get after it each day. I, like him, wake up early in the morning and work on a lot of my own personal things before I start the day. And I think it's such a great morning ritual. I learned a lot from his five-part educational video series on intermittent fasting. It's available on his website, vivenutrition.com, and it's vive-nutrition.com, and his social media sites. So go check it out, and if you are curious about intermittent fasting, it's a great resource. My website, AnnaElizabethRD.com, is where you can read the latest post in my Nutrition Nauseous blog that has all my stories of my current adventures, food I am eating, the music making up my life playlist, and maybe a really delicious Real Deal recipe I am actually cooking. And as always, sharing with you what I'm loving right now. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these amazing humans. And I hope that you like to read and are interested in purchasing my book from the website. Please connect with me more on social media. You can find me at AnnaElizabethRD handle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.